The Camarilla may not be as centralized as the Kyan government of the world, and indeed will leave most of the knightly affairs in the presumed capable hands of the princes of each city under their sway, yet certain matters are so crucial to the interests of the whole sect that they may not be left to the whims and wills of any kindred calling themselves lord over their own domain. The Red List is one of those matters, and before we discuss it, we must understand the workings of the world of the undead. It is, first and foremost, an exclusive club, quite resembling the old illustrations of the Pyramid of Society. At the bottom are the fledglings and neonates, living dangerously each night as they struggle to survive, or at least leave a lasting mark on society. It is no lie to say that most kindred and canines embraced will often live significantly shorter than if they had remained kind. To these wretched creatures, every other of their kind is either an enemy or an ally. Yet as vampires grow older, this comes to change. Individuals like Hesha Ruhadze, Sasha Vikos, and Lucita de Aragon are all old enough to have acquaintances across the aisles. They may be enemies one night, allies the next, yet they rarely come to blows threatening their unlives. They will fight through proxies, mortal pawns, ghoul servants, and neonates duped into believing that they have earned themselves a powerful ally. Ultimately, they are driven by personal motivation, coinciding or not with that of their sects, yet it's rarely personal, at least not to the point where their main goal is the destruction of their rival. With age, vampires come to realize that material goods, political influence, and mortal pawns are all fleeting possessions, momentary distractions, yet the only ones who truly understand and relate to them are their fellow elders. Lonely is the throne if there are none to contest it. Yet there is another level to it as well, as there are those vampires old enough that even their personal goals transcend mere nightly activities. Lazarus, with his personal vendetta against both his sire and those who killed him, comes to mind, as does Baba Yaga and her war over the future of Russia, Mithras ruling with an iron fist over the British Isles, or Ul Shulgi arising from torpor to execute how he perceives the will of Hakim. These canites are ancient, and even fewer, and they rarely bother with such trite concepts as sects. After all, they are like gods, able to change the battlefield in an instant, yet their schemes and machinations are so subtle and unnoticeable that only others of their kind, other Methuselah, may perceive them. Of course, it stands to reason then that they, in turn, are but pawns in their own elders' games. With this knowledge firmly in mind, let us return to the conception of the Red List. On it you will rarely find simple fodder of the Sabbat. No, the Red List is reserved for those kindred and canites who, through deeds dark and twisted, pose an immeasurable threat to the Ivory Tower. These vampires are often so powerful and so feared that it becomes imperative that all of the Camarilla are at least aware of them, lest they harbor one of these so-called anathema unknowingly. The term anathema is commonly used to refer to any vampire under a blood hunt, which all of the ones on the Red List are, as the hunts have never been called off. The Red List has existed for hundreds of years, although it was unknown to the general public of vampires until much more recently. The Setite Kementiri is said to have been on the list the longest, added there because of the murder and subsequent impersonation of Aventru Jesticar. Yet this deed is said to have been done in the 20th century, implying then that she was either already on the list, or she was retroactively said to be the first after the list's general discovery. Initially, the purpose of the list was to track down and destroy political enemies of their nascent sect. 
It was unofficial and known only to a few, namely the inner circle, the Jastikars and certain of their appointed Archons, as well as of course the Alistars, those kindred chosen specifically for the task of hunting down the Anathema, comparable perhaps to the secret police of the Camarilla. The initial entries on the list were supposedly Banu Hakim, who aided in the Anarch Revolt, as well as early Sabbat members who were particularly notorious or dangerous. Interestingly, many of the bigger names within the Sabbat, such as Sasha Vicos, Graziano de Veronese, or Vasantasina, were never added to the list. Or at least such things were never documented. It is generally not known why this is, but surely the inner circle at least must have some idea. It is also not always clear what crimes in particular allow for a kindred to have their name added to the red list. Often a specific clan's Jessicar will put forward the name to the list and they will be referred to as the Trophy Clan, in essence being the ones who will reward whatever kindred provide proof of their destruction. Some, like the Bruja Germain, who earned the Torador's ire during the French Revolution and who holds a general disdain for the Camarilla, stand next to Rabat, an Osferatu woman known to have spread a mutated variation of the Black Death amongst her fellow kindred. Kementiri's murder and impersonation of a Justicar is almost unprecedented in terms of sheer brazenness, and while she is a highly dangerous kindred, this personal insult against Aventru will never be forgiven, at least not until she is destroyed, regardless of her current interests or actions towards harming the Ivory Tower. The Alistors, those chosen to hunt the Anathema, are like ghosts. Their identities are almost always kept tightly under wraps in order to allow them to conduct their work without their prey noticing their presence. They are generally recruited from the ranks of Archons, agents who are already trained and versed in navigating themselves around the Camarilla. If a non-Alistar would, through accident or skill, end up killing an anathema, it's highly likely that they would be convinced to join the group of Alistars. While it is a difficult profession, it does provide an almost unlimited free reign within the domain of the sect. No prince may persecute an Alistor unless the accusations are grave enough to warrant the Justicars handling it. Despite their nature as persona non grata, the kindred on the red list may only be diabolized should the trophy clan state that this is acceptable. It is perhaps no surprise. Many of them are sufficiently old and powerful enough to pose a risk to those who conduct the amaranth upon them, their souls quite capable of overpowering that of their killers. Should Diabri be performed, the one who did so will immediately take the place of their victim upon the red list. To help them, the Alistors may have a coterie of auditors, essentially coterie members who are not Alistors themselves, or Bellators, hired muscle to help take down their prey in exchange for a suitable reward. Bellators are usually only employed should the Alistor expect a fight, and it is a highly dangerous job, one rarely worth whatever reimbursement may be offered. A red Alistor is an Alistor who has slain one of the five most wanted on the red list. They generally serve to manage and direct the other Alistors in their nightly business. They usually don't participate in hunts themselves, but are still quite capable of doing so should it be required. They are rarely on the move, operating instead from within a Camarilla-led city, and will often spend considerable time getting to know the local sect, working from within to weed out moles and insurgents. Of note is the Ventru Justicar and Red Alistor Lucinde. Although nowhere near as old as many of the anathema she has hunted, she is known to have exposed Kementiri, who was posing as her ex-lover and the, at the time, Justicar of the Ventru Michaelis, as well as hunting down and staking the Samedi, Janina, another high-risk anathema on the list. Despite being proclaimed Justicar, Lucinde remains on Alistor, focused on hunting down and destroying these threats to the Camarilla. 
Now if you recall, I previously spoke of the nature of kindred. With all said and done, even the most monstrous of vampires were once human. Most still retain the gift of speech, of reason, and decor. Thus, even while these anathema are chaste, demonized for their deeds, often rightfully so, the world of kindred and canines is so small that it is not unlikely for enemies to find themselves sharing fine vitae while discussing matters of philosophy and politics. Hementiri may make an appearance at a prince's annual ball, showing herself to all present, yet remaining safe and untouched throughout the night, simply because of a promise made by the prince a hundred or so years ago, or the justifiable fear of the ancient Sedite's powers should she be angered. Vampires were human, but they are also monsters. In some regards, the distance between a neonate and a Methuselah is the distance between an elephant and a mouse. Try as it might, the mouse is barely even noticeable to the largest mammal walking on the planet, and thus they can but wring their hands in frustration, as this ancient creature does whatever it pleases. Once again, with age, the game changes for these vampires. The stakes are altered, the nightly affairs conducted differently. For while the young are constantly struggling to remain amongst the unliving, the elders sit safely in their havens, plodding the night away. This video was brought to you by my patron Lauren Eason, who asked me to talk about the Red List. While I initially thought about discussing more of those on it, I hope this still satisfies your curiosity on the matter. Thank you so much for your support.